I firmly believe a strong business has a strong network. And this podcast is designed to break that invisible wall between listener and speaker. Every guest on this podcast is waiting for your connection, coffee chat, or discovery call. So listen in and continue the conversation. Are you ready? Let's get to it. Welcome to Discovery Call Podcast. I am Danny Hamlet, your host. And before we jump into the episode today and talk to our amazing guest, I actually have a goal I want to share with you. And the reason why I'm doing this front and center is because it actually pertains to you. It really involves you. Yes, you, my listener. This goal is yours. So the goal for this year, for 2023, for the Discovery Call podcast, is that every single guest who comes on this podcast receives a minimum of five coffee chats and two Discovery Calls from the listeners. And those numbers may seem kind of low to some or maybe high to others. But let's be honest, podcasting is a fascinating medium to be working with. In most places, if you do a blog, YouTube video, TikTok, LinkedIn, anything out there, you have a comment section. There's a place where you can leave your comments. Here, I mean, you have to hunt me down, right? If you want to leave a comment, you, know, you can find me on LinkedIn, Instagram. You can email me, I think. Is my email in here? I don't know. But you see what I'm saying. There's just no direct line from listener to the speaker of the podcast. And I firmly believe that a strong business has a strong network. In fact, this is why I created this podcast. I wanted to connect business owners to business owners. And it wasn't just people that I have on the podcast and how I get connected with them, but it is the listener to the speaker. And every person I have had on this podcast and every person I will have on this podcast has uh, an understanding and, and honestly a, a genuine expectation that maybe some new connections will be made from that episode. So what does that mean for you? When you are listening to any episode on Discovery Call and you resonated really well with something they said or you really, really loved what they were saying or just made you think of something in a different way or maybe you had some questions, book a coffee chat. Enter the horizon of their business. <laughs> Remember, coffee chats, they're just peer-to-peer, -peer, so you're not necessarily selling yourself, but maybe you're opening your network to theirs, offering maybe new connections that they're looking for or vice versa. Or maybe you are listening in and this is a service provider you genuinely need in your life. Book a discovery call. You get the picture. I am asking you to break the invisible wall between listener and speaker when it comes to podcasting. In fact, most people, I ask for a direct booking calendar link, and I do put those in the show notes. So you can literally go from here to their calendar. So I encourage you to do so. And whoever comes back to me and says, hey, I hit the goal. <laughs> In fact, I got five coffee chats and two discovery calls from being on your podcast. It's going to be a win. I'm not sure what I'm going to do, but it's, it's going to be a great win. All right, you got your goal? All right. Without further ado, let's talk to Deanna about A, podcasting, but also what does it look like when we want to put our podcast on YouTube? And I'll tell you, there is a right way to do it and a not so effective way to do it. I, won't, I don't want to say wrong, but just not as effective. So without further ado, let's talk to Deanna. 
Well, Deanne, welcome to the podcast. Can you tell the audience a little bit about yourself, where you're from, and a little bit about what you do? Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I am from originally from Tucson, Arizona, but I live in Phoenix now. And my background is in teaching, but I was desperately looking for something that would be more flexible as I was, my little ones were popping in the picture and growing and changing and just needing that flexibility. Like I know you understand and a lot of other moms and and dads too, um, get. So I, I think I got targeted on a Facebook ad for a free, freelancing course at one point and just realized, just had no idea that this online entrepreneurial world was out here and um, just got really excited to dive in. I started as a, a general VA and then was able to niche down to podcasts pretty quickly once I realized like that was that was my thing and then just repurposing through all the content, the amazing content that people produce on podcasts. Um, so yeah, I've been in business probably since 2017. And obviously it's like been a roller coaster and lots of ebbs and flows, but I, I love it just because it's it's new all the time and there's always ways to grow and things to learn. So yeah. I kind of feel like this online world is similar to looking under rocks you never picked up before. <laughs> totally. And you're like, oh my goodness, there's a whole colony down here. Yes, yes, totally. <laughs> and you totally. just go through your, you know, your normal life having no idea that there's virtual assistants mm-hmm. out there and yeah. you're listening to podcasts and you just have no idea all the stuff that goes on behind the scenes. Absolutely. Make this work. And so I think it is so cool to hear about the journeys that people take to find themselves here because I'm pretty similar. I was online teaching and I just had to change it up. And I yeah. Was like, oh, here we are. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And one thing I wanted to ask you as well, because mm-hmm. you have been in this industry for, for a while compared mm-hmm. to, I think, how it's been growing. Mm-hmm. Um, how have you found the discovery process ebb and flow for you? Like what was a turning point and okay, people are starting to get to know what I do. Yeah. Well, even just the process of figuring out how to niche down is is a very tricky process. It's overwhelming at first, but once you start to see, oh, I love this part of, of what I do, or I love um, connecting with these specific types of audiences. Once you can figure that out, um, that's a huge piece of being able to market specifically to those pain points, I would say. But I think for me, I mean, to be totally transparent, just with the ages of my kids, I didn't have this ability to do a ton of marketing. Uh, I didn't have, there's, you know, you're working in your business and on your business. And I was always working in my business and, and that was, I just had to close the laptop and, and kind of be done and, and hope for the best. So what I did is I, I feel like I was able to really focus on showing up so well for my clients and uh, delivering fantastic product or fantastic service. And with that, the referrals came in that became my marketing system and i think a lot of people would say no you need to be on all the platforms you need to you know show up in all the ways you need to establish yourself as the authority in all these these places but i 
didn't have the capacity and I had to be honest about that. And so I think it is okay to know that if if you don't have the bandwidth or it's early in the journey, focusing on the quality of what you produce is a really great place to start um, because referrals are everything and they are free, <laughs> you know? So, and I eventually did get a website and I eventually figured out that, you know, Facebook and, and Instagram were not my places, but LinkedIn, I could hang there. And I think that's where you and I connected actually. It is. Um, yes. Yeah. We yes. Find yeah. And so kind of going through the motions of like, this doesn't fit. It's just like trying on clothes, you know, because um, you have to do with what's authentic to you or you won't stay in the game for it. So I did eventually start creating some content on LinkedIn, but I'm not always super consistent about it. But my relationship building has been consistent. And so taking time to get on calls with people just to get to know people, you never know who those people know. Um, and people are really generous in terms of referring you to if you just say, like, this is what I do. I want to serve these people. And then, you know, asking them, what can I do for you? You know, and so the, I would say the relationship building and then just showing up really consistently and excellently in your services. I absolutely love that because I'm with you in this one. I have really looked at this and, you know, there's that marketing. You do have to, yeah, show that you're actively a business in a way, mm -hmm. right? I'm like, yeah. there, there has to be some yeah. presence. But I mean, the people who really, really need to get as many eyeballs in them as possible are people who are launching a product or a, a mm -hmm. course yeah. Um, there are certain things where that is like absolutely essential. Yeah. But when it's us who are solopreneurs, right? Mm -hmm. We're going to keep it lean. We might hire a VA, maybe, but maybe, yeah. But it's just us. And so there is a cap of how many people we can mm -hmm. really handle. Like we don't right. really want to have a hundred people reaching us nope. every week. We can't that would be that. so overwhelming. And I, yeah, if you have no desire to go to an agency model or that sort of thing, then that you're creating a much bigger problem for yourself if you're doing that. So, mm -hmm. and I find that to be true is that when I look back on my most amazing clients I've had, it is from a referral and it's from someone who knew somebody who knew somebody exactly. and it's from those connections. And so I am like nodding my head with you, like, yes, yes, yes. That has mm -hmm. been my path uh, as well of growing my business. So, yeah, I'm with you 100%. It's just so fulfilling in the relationship building of side of things. So I like that relationship focus and yeah. just getting on those calls, just connection calls. And you might be able to help them out. They might be able to help you out, but just come in with that heart of generosity mm -hmm. and just magical things happen. Yes. It's <laughs> so true. It's so true. What is one myth or lie that you like to bust when it comes to getting on a discovery call or really roping in those new clients? Well, I think when you're just getting started, I think I think there's a tendency to believe that if you don't land the client, if they are not an automatic yes, that you failed. And just with my teaching background, I just have a huge growth mindset when it comes to anything in my business. And I just feel like you cannot get feedback on anything you haven't done. So if you're, you know, stuck in that and 
you know, the term analysis paralysis always, you know, pops up. Um, but it's real and you just get stuck and then you don't take action. And I've gotten to the point where I'm like kind of a fan of taking messy action of just let's do it. And then I can have that feeling of like, oh, that's exactly where I went wrong because you're a smart person. If you're starting a business, you're a really intelligent person and it's, you're going to have to get used to taking risks and feeling fast. And so get on the calls. If you can get people on the calls, like I feel like that's 80% of the battle, like just booking it, you know? And so if you're getting people on the calls and then they're falling flat and you're not making those connections and then those sales, there's things that you can, can tighten up, but a lot of times you'll get all the feedback that you need personally by just saying, oh, this is what went wrong at this point in the call. So, so just get on the call and then talk to people that you know are just a little bit farther along in the journey and just say, this is the kind of question I got stumped on and, and get feedback from people to, to kind of tweak and apply that and then you see what happens for, for the next call. And I find that to be true too, is that if you haven't yet done the thing, Mm-hmm. And you can't really, you can only prepare so much for something you don't mm-hmm. really understand yet. <laughs> totally. Right. And so it really is a failing fast method and it is so important. And I think oftentimes we can tell in our gut what mm-hmm. went wrong in those calls. Oh, we just, we know easily, them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and yeah, and it could be just so many things. And just, yeah, I, I love the fact. Yeah. Yeah. You, and you won't make that mistake again. Mm hmm if you got on the call. So exactly. So you really are in podcast management and repurposing, right? Mm-hmm. So can you mm-hmm. explain a little bit of what your expertise is? And then also what are, what would be your soapbox moment? What would you love mm-hmm. to really tell listeners about this whole podcasting world? Well, I think everybody has a podcaster too that they, they listen to and they love. And so it's, it's a lot of fun um, just because again, it's that relationship building. And even if you don't know the host personally, you feel like you do. Cause a lot of times you feel like you're dropping into um, some, a couple of people grabbing coffee and that is just so fun. And people are really jumping onto the need to be vulnerable as uh, even as the authority on a subject and that is something that just really sells because that trust, know, and like factor um, is something that can come through so easily on a podcast or um, through YouTube videos. And so I think the the myth that I would really like to to bust though in terms of repurposing is that my biggest passion right now is helping people who are established podcasters jump over to YouTube. And I think it is common for people to think that they can put their 45 minute episode of their podcast straight onto YouTube and you just put it up there and magical things will happen and you'll just establish this new audience. And I see it time and time again, it's like five views, 10 views. And if you're not doing it with strategy, then it's really not even worth the time to just slap it up onto YouTube. That's your time is precious. And so I would just say that if you're repurposing your content, repurpose with purpose, because it's just, 
yeah, it's not worth it. Um, and so what I've helped people do is to take a 45 minute episode of their podcast and, and abbreviate that. Maybe you take a clip of an interview or you um, slim that down into three to five tips, but you're adding a customized intro and outro. So people know that if they're coming to YouTube, if they're coming just the same way that you would go to Pinterest or Instagram, you wouldn't put it, uh, put the same content on all of those places. But on YouTube, you would say, hey, thanks so much for watching instead of just listening, you know, and I, you have specific calls to action that are unique to to YouTube. Your content is going to be much shorter um, because YouTube wants people to stick around and it's hard to stick around for 45 minutes on, on YouTube, whereas uh, podcast listeners are commuting, they're multitasking, they're doing lots of other things. So it's easy um, for them to stick around different audience behaviors. Um, so keep that in mind that when you go to repurpose, yes, it's so smart to repurpose, but do it with strategy. I really like that because I am just not in my head with what you're saying because mm -hmm. I have seen the podcast where it's just a static image mm -hmm. and maybe you get a few people listening. Maybe yeah. there's a few really ambitious podcasters will take that title and find you and mm -hmm. honestly probably listen to you where they listen to their podcast. Right. But if you're going to use video, let's use it well, right? And streamline it. Take the take the gold nuggets from the episode and put it into that proper format. Yeah. So that is I agree with you. How do you do the SEO? Like what what is that component with YouTube? Yeah, well, what's amazing about YouTube is just the search functions. Um, if you just go to that search bar and you think of any question that somebody in your audience or your niche would be asking, or you can type in a keyword, it automatically just pops up, the, that, that menu pops down, and you can see all the different versions of things that people have already searched and are the most popular types of searches and that just pops up and that's just available for you and then on top of that the analytics that you find on youtube give you so much more feedback in terms of what is is resonating with your audience and so um youtube can be a bit of a science project but you put a bunch of you know you can put out like eight test videos and then you see what works and then you do more of that like that's that's the formula. But one tool that does really help with all of that is, is very affordable and it's called TubeBuddy. And um, when you're just getting started, you're under 100 subscribers, it's only a few dollars a month, but that can help enormously with your titles because the titles, your description and your thumbnails all work together on YouTube. And so you have to be really intentional about all of those things, but TubeBuddy simplifies a lot of that for you. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, we'll definitely leave that link to yeah. that in the show notes for people because I'm sure, yes, they <laughs> anything to make our life easier, we need. Absolutely, absolutely. It's an incredible tool and you could spend a lot of time on that, but there's, again, there's YouTube videos for that as well. <laughs> yes, yes. So, most most yeah. questions can be answered on YouTube one way or the Seriously. other, right? Yeah. 
I love it. Awesome. And so then what do you do for people who hire you to do this? So like break down, like what would your packages be? Like how, how do you do this for your clients? Yeah. So I, I really focus on working with established podcasters. So at least 50 episodes they have under their belt, they have their workflows in place. And what I like to do, um, when you're, when you're adding uh, another platform, it can be really overwhelming at first. So I like to identify what their workflow has been so far, and then just add a few more steps to what they're already comfortable with. And so I do a lot of, at the beginning, it's a lot of coaching of understanding the things that you have to pay attention to in order to make your, again, your calls to action specific and to identify what content is going to perform the best from your podcast episode. But I really help people to work smarter and not harder of like, we don't have to create a separate episode entirely. We will customize some things about it, but we can use what you've already done by just, you know, if you're just already have your camera open, but we do again, want to be really specific about that. And it can be really tempting to invest in all of that tech. But what I find is that if you're not a super techie person, all that tech is going to be the biggest barrier for you. And iPhones, you know, any kind of phone, really, the cameras that are available on them are pretty amazing. You can get a lapel mic for 15 bucks, a a ring light for 15 bucks and they have all in one setups that you can do and just get started. And if you enjoy the process, if you're having fun with it, if you can see how this could really turn into something, then reward yourself with investing in more tech later. But it doesn't have to be super fancy. And there are plenty of people who are creating YouTube videos out there that have terrible quality even on their videos but their content is performing because they're connecting with their audience and that is the goal i love that reminder you don't need to collect all the tech you don't need to spend all your time because you have everything ready and then go you can kind of just go now yes (laughs) yeah as you are with a few investments also i love the fact that you really come along and you give really good strategy and you kind of really break it down so that it's easy for someone to see how this can work. It's going to be a little more work, but it's not going to be like taking over your life work. Yeah, totally. Well, and I really, you know, when you are so immersed in your content, it's difficult to see what someone who's never dove into your content before would really resonate with first. Like what's the process? What do they need to know first, second, and third? Um, and going going deeper with you. And so being able to help people see what kind of content needs to to go in that order. And then I can I can write the scripts, you know, essentially, so that it's just super straightforward. And then I do all the editing, I put all those pieces together, I can edit the podcast at the same time. So I'm, I'm, I'm become very immersed in their content. So it becomes very easy to me, what is going to be the most valuable to the audience. So and so do people hire you to also produce their, their podcast and repurpose on YouTube? Is that yes. kind of like those? Yeah. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Which is, you know, it's just really 
what I found is it's really reassuring that the same person is handling all of that content. Cause if it's, if it is consistent on, on both, both platforms, then there's, there's just continuity there and there's uh, the ability to really pay attention to all those nuances and details that are really important to pay attention to for your audience. I'm switching up my questions. So this is actually one of the first times I think I'm actually asking a guest this question. So here's the new one. The closing question is what is inspiring you right now? Mm, That's a great question. I think it's kind of something that we've talked about a little bit already, but I am just blown away by people essentially like you who are creating this space for people to learn more and to elevate their platforms and to um, just have a chance to learn and grow and be okay again with the kind of the, the messy process, but that we can support one another on this journey. And I think every time that I connect with people, I'm just blown away. I'm like, how do you have the time and the space to produce a, a podcast like yours? Or I, I find myself just really encouraged that that people genuinely love, they're finding things that they love to do. And because of that, there's just this overflow, again, of generosity, of being able to do good in the world, to use their expertise to elevate somebody else. And I think the more I hear about things people are doing in their businesses just to help other people, I'm just, it's, it's just so encouraging, especially in this day and age, you know, so. Oh, I'm so touched. I'm in that category. And yes, 100%. <laughs> I remember you actually asking me that. You're like, how do you do all of this? And actually, I dropped the blog. So I don't do the blog as much anymore unless I get help because I just yeah. can't. I just can't. I think but. that was a wise decision. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You know, I love podcasting, yeah. but it was the blog that was just like, mm-hmm. I heard it said somewhere that sometimes writing a blog can feel like that assignment from a teacher it just feels too much that's what it felt like and i realized wait a minute i'm the one who assigned it to myself i'm just yeah rocking out the show notes but yes i find it so encouraging too because when i first started my business i was fortunate that pretty soon on i met a group of people who had a collaborative spirit when it came to Mm -hmm. their business that we are going to you know do this collaboratively because i view us right Mm -hmm. now collaborating like, you know, here's my platform and in a way yours as well. And this podcast just, you know, wouldn't be what it was if I wasn't collaborating with people. And 100%. I just think that there is just so much beautiful awesomeness within that. And I yes. just leaned hard into yeah. it and it has been the yeah. best business decision, I think, this year for sure. So, <laughs> well, it always comes back to you know like people recognize that and if they recognize that that is just a characteristic and a trait in you it just it you never know how it's going to repay you but it always does well i am sure that there are podcasters out there who would just love to connect Mm -hmm. with you or even just anyone who wants to follow you so where can we find you online yeah so you can find me on my website and it's deanna d-e-e a N N A Pippinger 
P-I-P-P-E-N-G-E-R.com. So there's my website there and you can check out some of my packages there. Um, but I'm also pretty active on LinkedIn. I have a Facebook business page. You can find me there. Um, but yeah, and I don't know if it's of, of help or if somebody has a YouTube channel and they're struggling to figure out how to make it work for them with less investment of their time, I would love to offer a YouTube audit in terms of you know just being able to figure out what are the key things you need to focus on to really propel your growth there and if you're just curious about how you could transform your content from your podcast and get it onto youtube i'd also love to you know have a call to just give you some ideas of of how that would be possible so okay that is so generous of you that is awesome yes i can yeah. So yes, if you have a YouTube channel right now and you're just really wondering, okay, is this working? What can I do better? Yeah. Reach out to you yeah. and then how to start that mm-hmm. repurposing process for podcasts. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. This was an amazing conversation. And I just hope you have a blast continuing to repurpose that content on YouTube. I am sure you're just making a huge difference. Thank you so much. So I have to tell you, this podcast was recorded a few months ago. It was actually before the holiday season, and I took the holiday season a bit off. And when I went back to edit this episode and get it ready for publishing today, I enjoyed this conversation so much retrospectively, and it was so encouraging. If you are looking for somebody to help you with your podcast, but also you want to show up more intentionally on YouTube... I highly encourage you to reach out to Deanna and book that discovery call. But also let's go back to the goal. If you just really love this conversation and would just love to get to know Deanna more about what she does and just have that coffee chat, you can do that as well. And she mentioned some opportunities for audits are just for the guests listening in, which I thought was so generous. So jump to those show notes and you know what to do. Thank you for listening to another discovery call. And if you are still listening to this, that means you're incredibly dedicated. So take the dedication, write a review, help the podcast become a little more visible in the podcast land. And I will see you next week on another discovery call.